0: Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. Embassy City family, would you stand to your feet and welcome our guest speaker for today, a family member and friend, Pastor Joachim Lundquist. Thank you. Love you. Hey, morning, Embassy City Church. Oh, man, so great to be back. Are you ready for the Word of God in some Swedish accent? Yeah. Oh, great. You may be seated. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. I'm excited to be here again. My wife Maria says hi, and my family says hi, and Sweden says hi. Elsa and Anna are doing just fine, still residing in the castle of Ikea, doing just good, and um, Pastor Tim, I have to refer to you now as Pastor Tim the Older. Uh, <laughs> I just want to uh, return the kind words because, you know, we've only, we only we only go back like 14, 15, 16 months, I guess. But But I feel just the same, you know. I treasure this friendship so much and so highly and just coming... Having the honor to speak here is is amazing, but it's also a great excuse to meet you again (laughs) and spend time together. Thank you so much for having me. I love you so, so, so much. And I also have to say thank you so much, church, for releasing him to be with us in July. He was amazing. You already knew that. But I'm just going to tell you from our perspective. Because for that special conference where Pastor Tim was speaking, it's a very defining conference for us. And we always uh, kind of listen for more than just great messages. We want to know the word within the word. Amen. Amen. We want to know the word of the Lord to our church and to our movement for this upcoming season. And Pastor Tim brought that. He gave us a beautiful message about keep building. And that throughout this entire fall has continued to resonate in our church. We have just finished a seven Sunday series on keep building. Keep building our lives, our relationship with the Lord, our families, our church, our movement. And everything goes back to that deposit that Pastor Tim gave in Sweden this past summer. So thank you so much for allowing us to have him for a little while there. And what a great honor and privilege for me to speak in this exciting new season of this church. Pastor Tim and and, uh, wow, this is amazing. We just met today, but I just know in my heart, man, this is the right man for the right place. Oh man, this is going to be amazing. You and Janice, man, we're, we're gonna, are gonna go back right home and paint like a go Tim and Janice flag. And we're gonna wave it from Sweden, cheering you guys on. I know that, that God has installed a deposit inside of you to take this house that God's already done so much and just bring it to the next level. And we can't wait to see that. And, and you got a friend in us and you got a resource in us. And, and just praise God. So excited. <laughs> Well, if you didn't, if you weren't here last time I was around, um, I'm pastoring a church called Word of Life in Sweden. Now, Sweden is not only a very cold nation, which it is. And I heard this morning some of you guys thought this was cold. We need to have a discussion. <laughs> we need to define the word cold. <laughs> you come and visit us sometime, okay? Come in January. Come in. J- Please don't. You would die. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a very socialistic and secular nation. But you know what? My Bible says that where sin abounded, grace would abound even more. And of course, we should always pray for godly leaders, godly leadership. But you know what? Even when we don't get that, the church of Jesus Christ has the potential to flourish and grow in any circumstance. Amen. And by that grace and by that power, we've now been able to start over 850 churches all over the world. And and God always leads us to these weird places too. Like our churches are not in Hawaii or the Bahamas. Sometimes I pray for God, just one. Our churches in Afghanistan and Ukraine and in Iraq and Iran and North Korea and former Soviet Union... And all over the Middle East, just crazy. But you know what? Those are the areas where the light is needed the most. Amen. Amen. So please, uh, when you think about us, pray for us. And and please come and see us at some point, okay? You will be more more than welcome in Sweden. Just please come in June, July, or August. (laughs) We'll, we'll, that's Sweden at at its best, okay? I want to share God's Word with you this morning. I want to share a message that I call, Let Your Light Shine. Let your light shine. And it kind of corresponds to what Stan was sharing about his wife, Mandy. That every single one in here has got a deposit. You have something on the inside of you that is intended to light up this world. And now really, when you read the Gospels, it's really a story about light. God having light return to this world. And it goes back to 1 John 1 and 5. He says, this is the message we've heard from him and declare unto you that God is light. Pure, holy, undefiled light. That is the essence of God. And in him is no darkness at all. Now, knowing that, I find it interesting that when God sets out to create a universe and a world, He doesn't start by saying, let there be mountains, or let there be elephants, or let there be Texas even. He starts out by saying, let there be light. light." He creates according to His own nature, according to His own essence. So when this God who is light starts out by saying, let there be light, he turns on the light and then he releases his creative power. And everything is created that we see around us. So the spiritual principle really here is first the light comes on, then God starts to work. First, the light comes on, and then God's power is released. And then He created us, woman and man, to walk and live in His beautiful light. And everything was fine until we departed, until we left the God of light behind. And as we did, we did not cease to exist, but we walked into darkness. And darkness has been the state of the human heart ever since. Now, a few years ago, I read about this scientific research made in Germany. And I knew I needed to pay attention because when Germans set out to do something, they don't mess around. When Germans are up to something, we better listen up. And I understand that Pastor Tim the Younger is born and raised in Germany. So church, you better pay attention to this man. (laughs) So anyway, these guys in Germany set out to Discover and do research about how humans behave when surrounded by complete darkness. Yeah. They get funding for this. Yeah. So, in order for them to study this, they, they had all these people come into this big hall. And they lined them up with their back against the wall, and then they turned the light off. So it's pitch black now in this room. And every one of these people were instructed to try to walk in a straight line across the room to the other wall on the other side, the opposing wall. And then they monitored their movements. And now they had hundreds of people do this. And what they come out with was the end result that even though these people try to walk in a straight line... Every single one started moving in circles. Some small, some big. Some circle to the left, some circle to the right. But everyone started to walk in circles. And that was the whole outcome of the research. When surrounded by darkness, men walk in circles. Talk sir. And I thought to myself, when hearing that, that's the human history in a nutshell right there. Without the light of God, we walk in circles. We repeat our own mistakes time and time again. 5,000 years ago, there were wars and crimes and injustice. Today, there are wars and crimes and injustice. Now, we keep pretending and talk ourselves into, no, no, no. We're going places. We're making progress because we invent new stuff. Yay! iPhone 14 is out. We're going places. There's a new flavor of soft ice cream in the store, you know. You know, something is happening here. But morally, ethically, and spiritually, we walk in circles. But is there anyone in this church this morning that knows that God will always have the last word? Amen. And he had a plan. I'm gonna bring back light to this world. And he started to send his prophets, men and women of God, prophesying and pointing forward to a day when the light would return so that his power could be released. Isaiah prophesied, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And praise God, 2,000 years ago, the light came back. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, appeared saying, proclaiming, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And remember when we started out, first the light comes on, and then God's power is released. First the light comes on, then God starts to work. And we see that as Jesus enters the scene as well. He is the light of the world. Now the light comes on and sinners are forgiven. And sick people are being healed. And dead people are being raised. The light came on and God's power is now released. And now there's only una problema minor. One tiny little problem left in the equation. And the problem or the challenge is that Jesus is limited to one physical body, right? 100% God, 100% man. Meaning that he couldn't shine the light of God in Jerusalem and in Sweden and in Dallas, Texas at the same time. But God, of course, had a great solution to that problema as well. Matthew 5, Jesus looks into the eyes of thousands of his followers. Saying to them, You are the light of the world. Which is not only to say that, hey, you look good. But rather, now it is your calling, your duty, your obligation to go out into your world, your school, your workplace, your neighborhood, your relatives, and your friends. And turn on the light so that God's power can start to work in your world. That's the calling of the church. That's the calling of us us as individuals, as disciples. We are supposed to be the light of the world. And as we go out and take an initiative for God, pray that prayer, share the gospel of Jesus with someone, share God's love with someone who needs it, the light will come on spiritually and people's lives can begin to change. And I love nothing more than hearing the stories of ordinary, regular Christians who realize that they are now the light of the world, that they can turn on the light, and they can see God's power released in their own world. Amen? Amen. And I just want to share one story about that. And I want to introduce you to two guys from back home, okay? These are Daniel and Marcus right here coming up on that screen. They are two Swedish teenagers, if ever I saw two, one of them. Uh, The one with the glasses, his name is Marcus. He was 17 at this time. He's part of our church. And the other guy, no glasses guy, is called Daniel. We'll, We'll come back to him. So Marcus heard me speak about being the light of the world. And that he could actually, through an initiative for God, turn on the light in his reality, in his world. And as he did, God will start to move and God will start to work. So Marcus heard that story on a Sunday service. And then he made a holy decision in that service that on Monday, tomorrow, demain, when I go back to my high school, I will open the door to my school and I will go up to the first person I see and I will invite that person to my home group the same night. Now people of the United States of America, you have no idea how much boldness it takes for a Swede to address a stranger. You don't understand because you're like world champions of social interaction over here. You actually talk to one another in this country. You do! I mean, we're, we're creating a second home in the U.S. and now in the South, Louisiana. And, and we just figured out these past few months that whatever errand we need to do, we always have to add an additional 20 minutes for spontaneous conversation with strangers. Because as soon as they pick up the accent, woo-hoo-hoo, and we love it. Because we're Swedes, we're stuck. Swedes don't even speak to their friends. (laughs) Let alone would they never go up to a stranger and invite him or her to anything. So this was a major move, a major decision that Marcus, 17 years old, did. But sure, true to his word, Monday morning he comes to school, opens the door. The first person he sees is Daniel. The two had never met, never talked, didn't know each other's names. Marcus goes straight up to Daniel. There's a conversation and he invites, them, he invites Daniel to his home group that night. The only little piece of information that Marcus left out was the fact that this was a Christian home group. <laughs> Daniel was convinced he was invited to a party. We have to define party as well. So it was so funny because I asked, actually asked Daniel later on to write down the whole story according to his perspective. So when I retold it, I would do it correctly and not evangelistically. You know, like not changing a whole lot of facts. I wanted, I wanted every fact to be correct. So, <laughs> so he wrote six full pages going into detail about how he prepared himself for that night. How he put on nice clothes and eau de toilette (laughs) to impress the ladies at the party. And he, he headed out and he came to the given address, rang the doorbell, and a mother opened the door. And the back of Daniel's head goes, alert, 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 alert. What is a mother doing at a party? And then he's guided into the living room. There's like 10 people in there sitting around a table. One has a guitar. He says, What kind of party is this? Is this like a cult? You know? Because like most Swedish young people, he hasn't got a clue about church or, bo- or the Bible or Christianity. He knows nothing. So he sits down in the couch, very confused now. Everybody starts to sing. And Daniel tries to hum along. I guess this is the routine of the place. But he's a bit confused because every song is about like God and Jesus. And then after a while, everybody starts praying. And everybody has their own prayer request. Can you please pray for this? Can you please pray for that? And Daniel goes, oh no. I can't say anything. But all of a sudden, he hears his own mouth start speaking. And he hears himself say, could you please pray for my grandfather? Who's been diagnosed with cancer and only has a few months left to live? And obviously the the prayer, groups jump, the prayer group jumps at the opportunity, and they pray for Daniel's grandfather. And then the whole thing comes to a close, and eventually Daniel walks home thinking that was the weirdest party <laughs> I've ever attended in my life. However, next week his mother calls him while he is at school, overjoyed. Daniel, they've taken new x rays on grandpa. And the cancer that would have killed him within months is now completely gone. (laughs) Daniel said, When did they take the x rays? Turn out it was the day after the prayer group meeting. Daniel now calls Marcus, we need to talk. Marcus invites Daniel to our church. The first time ever Daniel's been inside a church building. He sits on the balcony. He hears the gospel preached during the altar call. Daniel opens his heart, lifts his hand, and accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. (laughs) Can, Can we bring back the picture of the two, please? Okay, now, this is the beautiful ending of the story. Today, that initial experience of Marcus, of how he was able to turn the light on by a simple initiative, and saw the power of God released in such a dramatic way, has now led to him being one of our full-time missionaries in China. And my friends, Daniel is now a full-time missionary in the red light district of Bangkok, Thailand. This is where we give some praise to the Lord. You have no idea. You have no idea what you put in motion when you just turn on the light. When you realize and acknowledge, I am called to be the light of the world here. And I'm going to flick that switch and the light will come on. And when it does, I'm going to trust that God is about to operate. And His power is about to flow in my world. Amen? Amen. Now, God knows this, and the devil knows this, too. So right now, he's, fear, he's scared to death, and you know what? He should be. Because if we all go out from this church, Not just waiting for next Sunday, but actually starting to wonder, what kind of light switch can I flick? You know, what what kind of light can I turn on? What kind of prayer can I pray? Who can I share God's word with? Who can I share God's love with? Then God's power can be released all over this area. Amen? Amen. So what what the devil would try to have you do is question that you are capable of doing this. And he works over time for this. He will t- try to whisper in your ear, you're too young, you're too old, you're, t- you're too not perfect. You're not preachery enough. You're not pastory enough. Those are not even words, but I get away with it because I'm Swedish. <laughs> he will try to plant the thought inside of you that if you're not one of the chosen few that came out of their mother's womb with a King James Bible and a preacher's haircut, Then you don't qualify for this equation. And to me, what I find after talking to, to many Christians, especially young people, is that they tend to think that because of my personality, I'm not qualified. They see themselves, oh no, I need to be that kind of person. I need to be that kind of person. And I'm not, I'm just me. And because of that, they disqualify themselves. So I'm here today. And obviously, God brought you here. So he understands that you need to hear whatever I'm about to say. Right. So, so what I'm here to say to you is that God has created you to shine a unique light in your unique world. Right. God has given you a gifts and a personality. And when you shine God's light according to that person that God has created you to be, God's power will start to operate in your world. Just to illustrate my point here. Okay, friends, uh, this light bulb is part of a series of light bulbs called apricot soft light. Uh, even saying that makes me feel accepted and affirmed. I look at this light bulb and I feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. I look at it and say, ah, there's hope in the world after all. This is a nice, comfortable light, it spreads a great atmosphere and, you know, maybe this is your light. Maybe this is your personality. You're one of those people who can just bring a warm atmosphere, have people relax, feel affirmed, feel loved. Your specific light, the one that God has given for you to shine, might be that kind of light. Maybe you're the kind of person who, if we will let you into a, a, like an empty, bare room, 10 minutes later, there will be curtains and rugs and pillows and scented candles. Like... You know, there will be a guy playing the violin in the background in a corner. You can just create this beautiful atmosphere where people feel affirmed and where people can relax. And you know what? We need you in the kingdom of God. We need you to help us turn churches into families. Amen? You, You are needed, so why don't we give it up for all the apricot soft light of the kingdom of God. Or maybe... Maybe you're more of an oven lamp in the kingdom of God. Oh, I love this one. You don't see the oven lamp much, right? Because he hides away in the oven. This is, this is a bit of an introvert, this one. He comes in very handy because he is the one who lets us know when the frozen pizza cheese is melted. And the whole thing is ready. But he's not that dramatic we don't see much of him or her and honestly my friend maybe this is you maybe you're God's oven lamp maybe you don't have the need to be seen and heard and at the center of attention all the time maybe that's not your personality you know what it doesn't have to be you have a light and you can shine it And even though the devil might try to tell you that because you're an oven lamp and you don't get that much exposure, and you're a bit smaller in size than the others, that you are less significant. But let me tell you one thing about this lamp that none of the other lamps can do. This one can take the heat of 500 degrees and it will go on shining. It will go on shining. When the pressure climbs, when the heat climbs, it will go on shining. It will go on serving. I'll tell you, the kingdom of God is built on an army of oven lamps. Can we appreciate all the oven lamps in the kingdom of God? Oh, man. Or maybe. Maybe you're God's brandy-colored crystal lamp created for the chandeliers of power. Maybe you're called to be a politician or a lawyer who will write or rewrite laws to establish righteousness and godliness in your community or city or even nation. Maybe you're called to be a successful businessman who will raise millions and release them into the kingdom of God. Or maybe you're called to be like a journalist or an influencer directing the eyes of millions of people to Jesus Christ. If this is you, I guess your parents will have known all along that that one is a bit different. Maybe they understood it when you were having your first election campaign to run for president of the student body of kindergarten. Maybe when you became the Judge Judy of the playground back home, or when you have your first negotiations with your preschool principal for longer recess. I don't know, but one thing I do know, if this is the light that God has given for you to shine, you need to shine it, because we need thousands and thousands of these lamps. Let's give it up for them. We love them. All right. Or maybe, maybe your gods Party la! <laughs> and everything about you is full volume and maximum energy. You're the kind of person who will bring a smoke machine with you at all times just in case. Nighttime you will drive around in a bright yellow Ford Mustang. With no engine, it's powered by 18 loudspeakers inside. we it ooms, 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 The steering wheel has nothing to do with steering; it's a volume control. <laughs> and you always fall asleep at Bible study. And of course, maybe you need to relax sometimes. And and realize that not everything in the kingdom is high volume and maximum energy. But having said that, aren't we really happy to have a few party lights in the kingdom of God? Let's give it up for all of them. It's interesting to see what's going on in the crowd right now. People pointing each other out. Yeah, that's so you over there. You might be anyone. You might be a combination of many lamps. I'm just here to illustrate that your uniqueness is not a problem, but an asset in the kingdom of God. Yes. Yes. Or it might be that you are God's flashlight. And I love this one. Because you know what makes it unique? Please say no. Okay, I'm going to do that again. You know what makes this unique? No. I'm going to tell you. Is the fact that it's cordless. Huh. It doesn't have to be attached to a certain place, or city, or nation. This is God's missionary lamp that can go out in all the world and shine the beautiful light of Jesus Christ. And if that's you, if God has placed inside of you a desire to travel, meet new people, see new parts of the world, bring justice where there is injustice, love on people that needs to be loved and preach the gospel of Jesus all over the world. Please run with that calling. We need an army of cordless flashlights in the end times so that the kingdom of God can be preached in every single nation and every single city all over the world. Or maybe, maybe you are God's prophetic light of the end times <laughs> and your light is so intense, it's almost painful. Oh man, I mean you, you, you can smell sin from a mile away. And you will quote Jeremiah or Nahum to anyone who wants to hear and actually regardless if they want to hear or not. You're just, you know, the light that exposes dust in our lives. Like none of the other nice ones are. This one tells us, hey, you need to clean this place up. You need to shape up. And you're like, you don't like that guy at all, by the way. That's a worldly sign of a lamp right there. <laughs> Woe to you, party lamp! And you're like never stepping out of it. When you go to McDonald's, you just don't order. Can I have a Big Mac meal, please? You say, "Thus saith the Lord." Can I have a Big Mac meal, please? And maybe you need to calm down once in a while and and work on adding some grace to that truth. That you're constantly proclaiming. But having said that, we thank God for some prophetic lights that can expose the dust in our lives. Or maybe, maybe you're God's darkroom lamp. Now, this is a very special one. Because it's part of the process of developing photographs in a photo lab. It's slight. it's part of the delicate process in taking seemingly blank and white photo papers and having colors and motives come up in them. Yeah. Turning what seemed to be completely blank into something of beauty. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's your life. Maybe you have that ability to look at a person of whom other people say there's nothing there. And instead of seeing that blank piece of paper, you see motives, you see color, you see beauty, you see potential. And you have the ability and capacity to take their hands and lead them into developing every single gift And beauty that God placed inside their hearts. If that's you, praise God. Because we need tens of thousands of these lamps in the end times. Let's just give it up for all the darkroom lamps in the kingdom. Or um, maybe. Maybe you're just a bit weird. You're a green lamp with Black silicon spikes on it, and you're just a little nerdy, and, and you're you're like feeling inside that you're evolving around in your own little personal universe, and you're not like everyone else. Everybody else likes to go to the mall or go to the movies, and you you want to stay at home and 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 watch Belgian black and white movies from 1934 play Atari games from 1983, really Atari games while eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew. And because you're a little different, because you're a little nerdy, And because you live with the feeling that you don't fully fit in, maybe you have allowed the devil to whisper into your ear that you cannot shine the light of God. Let me tell you, God sent me here to tell you that if Jesus is in your heart, you can shine. And in your world, there is someone that needs to see the light of God as it shines through you. Embassy City, can we give all the weird lamps a big round of applause? Uh, you know when I when I look at all these lamps what I really see is the church because you see the church is not a group of people who are identical and the church is not a group of people in the process of becoming identical the gifts are many but the Spirit is one and the same. He's the one who ignites the electricity inside of us that allows us to shine according to the personality and the gifts that God has given to you. What we need to be aware of is to not have the diversity of the church create division in the church. We need to be professionals in being diverse without being Divided and we need to understand that we are not called to compete, but to complete one another, amen? So whoever you are Whatever kind of light bulb you are, whatever combination of light bulbs you might be I'm here to encourage you today that somewhere out there There's a person that needs to see that light of God through you and when you allow that light to shine God's power will start to work in your life and in your world. Can we say amen in the house of God? Let's all stand to our feet in the presence of God. If you feel in your heart, hey, I don't want to leave this this service without having made that clear decision in my heart that I'm going to let my light shine. I'm not going to wait until the day I'm perfect because that day will never come. But right now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the week that lies ahead of you, If you want to say to God, God, I want to let that light shine. And I'm going to believe that as I do, God's power will be released in my school, in my university, at my workplace, in my neighborhood, among my friends and relatives. If you want to pray that prayer, would you just lift up your hands to Him? And I would just agree with you in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, here we are, your church. (laughs) So diverse. So different. But not different as a problem, different as an asset. Because you call us out this upcoming week to minister to all these different people that needs the same gospel, the same spirit, but in their own language. So Father, here we are making our commitment that we will shine for you this upcoming week. We will say that prayer We will share the gospel. We will share the love of Jesus Christ. And as we do, Father, as we turn on the light in our world, we pray that your power will be released and lives will be changed for eternity. We pray in Jesus' mighty name and all people said. Can we give the Lord a big shout of praise in the house of God? I just have one more question to ask, really. I hope you can abide with this weed for another minute. Because I can't really close without asking if there might be someone in here that is not yet connected to the electricity. Because you see, what makes all these lamps shine is that they're connected to the power. Now, if you're not, if you're not connected to the power of God's love, you're just like this light bulb. You're beautifully created to shine. You're a masterpiece. But not until you get connected to the power of God's love and God's forgiveness and God's purpose for you will you be able to fulfill the true purpose of you being here in this world. And maybe you've never made that decision or maybe you did once But things happen in your life, and if you're honest with yourself, you might come to the conclusion that I used to shine, but I don't anymore. Or maybe you're loosely connected. You know what it's like when a light bulb is loosely connected? Light comes on and off, right? (laughs) Kind of flickers. And God did not call you to flicker. God called you to shine a permanent light. So in order for that to happen, you might need to go a little bit deeper. You need to connect a little bit stronger. So that you can go from just this to shining according to your calling and your purpose. Can I have every eye closed and every head bowed, respecting the presence of God? And I want to ask you, if you're here today and you're ready to make the decision that, okay, from now on, I'm going to... I'm going to connect to the electricity. I guess I never really have. But I want to. Or I want to reconnect. To a power that I once knew. But not really sure I know anymore. Or I want to stop flickering. I won't stop having this light. Go on and off. On and off. And I want to go deeper. And I want to connect stronger. And I want to make a decision. That is more serious. Than anyone I've done up until this point. If that's you, if you're in either one of those categories, I would love to pray for you. And Jesus will come into your heart as you pray and the light will come on inside of you and you will become a light of this world. If you want to be included in that prayer, please lift up your hand right now. Our hands going up all over the church. If your hand needs to be among those raised right now, then please don't hesitate. Please don't hesitate. Maybe this is your moment. And I can't guarantee the moment is coming back to you. I don't know anything about tomorrow. But I see so many hands. And every single one of those hands is a holy hand. Because it represents a holy decision. The going from light. Going from darkness to light. You can take your hands down. Let me just pray for you right here and right now. And saints, join me in your heart. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for every single one who lifted their hands. Whether it's the first-time decision to connect with the power of your love. Whether it's coming back to a connection that once was. Or maybe it's coming to an end of a light that goes on and off, on and off. Father, I thank you that right now you see every single heart. And you're ready to step into every single life and every single situation. Father, I thank you for exchanging darkness for light. I thank you for exchanging sin for righteousness and forgiveness. I thank you for exchanging meaningless with meaning, Lord. I thank you that you exchanged the void with purpose and joy. Father, in Jesus' name, we proclaim Jesus to be our Lord. And we yield to that calling that you have on our lives to be the light of this world. In Jesus' mighty, beautiful, glorious name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, church. Stan, will you come and and pray with these precious people? Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit msccity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Embassy City Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.